Welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I'm your host, Dave, and right off the bat, before we get to our big review of The Snyder Cut, I've got some news. Okay, to kick things off... Uh, let me put my notes back up on the screen here. Uh, new Toys R Us development. And I don't report on all of the Toys R Us developments because most of them just seem like horseshit to me. But uh, supposedly somebody has picked up the brand and has plans to bring it back in a form that we would recognize as Toys R Us, not as like some seasonal hut in the middle of a parking lot or anything. Uh, You you can read about it, Google, you know, 2021 Toys R Us return or or whatever you got to do. But I'm, I'm not really here to talk about the business aspect of it. I'm here to, to mention it because, you know, ever since Toys R Us went away a few years ago, uh, we've been hearing, oh, it's coming back. Somebody, some investors bringing it back, blah, blah, blah. And it's all been, as I said, horseshit. This time around, uh, it sounded kind of like the same old story, but something that caught my eye and that I think is worth mentioning is the fact that Jeremy Padauer, who has been in the toy industry for a very, very long time, he is the creator of WWF Classic Superstars from Jack's Pacific. He ran uh, Jack Pacific's wrestling line for a long time and has moved on to uh, work on many other things, including now the Jazzwares Wicked Cool Toys AEW action figures. So he's a guy who's been around a very long time, who has seen this business, who worked directly with Toys R Us, and this is the first time I've seen that he saw fit to comment on the Toys R Us situation. He posted on Instagram, and this is what he said. I miss TRU. Worked with them for more than 20 years. The buyers were specialists in their categories. Many of them would stay in their post for decades. The retailer failed only after being burdened with extreme debt leveraged by their private equity ownership. They were profitable until the very last years. This was the largest retail bankruptcy of all time. The new TRU can compete with five things. One, smaller footprint in store square footage than before, while two, broadest assortment, and three, extremely experiential. And I got to tell you, I've got a pretty good vocabulary, you guys. I bet I would score higher on a vocabulary test than uh, most people. I'm not entirely sure what experiential means. Uh, extremely experiential. Okay, so experience is part of that word. So he's talking about you go into the store and maybe you interact with the products in some way, uh, which sounds good. Uh, Four, priced competitively, obviously. And five, enough storefront doors. That takes serious investment, and it's so good for up-and-coming toy companies and innovation. Let's go. So the fact that Padauer commented on this at all says to me that there's more to this 
round of Toys R Us coming back than there have been to previous rumors. Uh, My hopes aren't really up. It's more of a, oh, neat, let's hope something happens. Uh, But I'm not like, I can't wait to go to Toys R Us later this year because I just don't know that I'd buy it. Uh, But there is a hole in the industry. You can look at Walmart and Target and uh, you can see that not only are the toys we love harder to find, but there are less of them. There's less variety. Uh, It seems that the manufacturers are producing less of them because now it seems like with a lot of toy, not every toy line, but a lot of toy lines, uh, a wave hits and then it's gone. And it's not just a matter of scalpers beat me to it because back in the day when that happened, you just had to wait, you know, an extra month, six weeks or whatever, and eventually you'd get restocked. And there have always been difficulties finding certain toys, but I'm talking about entire waves of major action figure lines. The industry is different, things are different, and it's not for the better, and it's because of the absence of Toys R Us. So let's hope that Jeremy Padauer's on to something here. Uh, and that we can see some progress in the return of our favorite retailer. Okay, i got to move on. Uh, Big, huge, crazy news from NECA. Last night, I'm recording this Thursday night, uh, actually before I record the episode for two weeks from now, which I'm very excited about. Uh, So last night, just out of nowhere, NECA drops this fully painted, finished prototype of Goliath from Gargoyles. If you don't remember Gargoyles from the Disney afternoon, uh, it was, in a weird way, sort of the successor to Batman the Animated Series in my mind. Not that it was related in any way whatsoever, but I feel like Batman the Animated Series is what made Gargoyles possible. Uh it's fantastic storytelling. At the time, I was not as into cartoons as I was earlier in my life and as I would become later in my life, and yet I still watched Gargoyles whenever I could. Uh, it's a phenomenal show, and NECA is making Gargoyles figures, apparently. It's crazy. They're up for pre-order now. Go check this Goliath out. It's got a massive 16-inch wingspan. It's 8 inches tall. It's huge. It's incredible. Uh, just picture a Goliath made by NECA, and that's exactly what it is. It's insane. Uh, Also dropping this week and available for pre-order pretty much everywhere, a special steel box set of Justice League, Snyder Cut Justice League figures from Mezco in their 112 collective line. Uh, There's a Ben Affleck Batman, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? Ezra Miller. (laughs) We were just talking about the kid on the episode, but granted that was several days ago. Uh, Ezra Miller, Flash, Uh, and Henry Cavill Superman in the black suit, which I wish I had read this interview before we recorded this episode. Uh, Zack Snyder actually refers to as the recovery suit, I think is what he said. And then Mezco also in the description of these figures refers to it as the recovery suit. So in the Snyder cut, it's not directly referred to that way. And we don't really even get much of a reason for him wearing the black suit other than it looks badass. But apparently that is there, uh, in the subtext, I guess, or the sub subtext. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so that, those look great. I won't be getting them because I've decided the McFarlane ones are the way to go for me. And I know I said I wasn't going to buy any McFarlane toys, but 
the dark side with the shirt, not the one without the shirt, because his torso looks abominable. Uh, but that giant dark side with the shirt, the giant Steppenwolf, uh, and and the black suit Superman. I, I just I want them. I don't want to pay Mezco prices for them. And obviously, Mattel is not going to do any more to fill this line out. So that's my option is McFarland Toys, and and uh, there you go. That's just that's that's what I'm down with uh boglins update our friend of the show timothy clark is launching boglins again pre-orders have been up for a while at walmart toink and other toy retailers for the basic three boglins uh vlob dwork and the other one whose name i cannot ever remember and the dark lords go up for pre-order in may uh that is Blobkin, the jack-o'-lantern one, Boggle Bones, the skeleton one, uh, and I think Crazy Clown. It's a clown one that initially I was like, that's gross. I don't like clowns, and I don't want a Boglin clown. But uh, Tim posted pictures of these Dark Lords in their special uh, packaging, which is the old-school Boglins packaging with the cage in the front that slides up and everything. Uh and the clown looks pretty awesome, and I think I'm probably going to order it. And since I backed the original Kickstarter for these Boglins, uh, I will have early access to pre-order the Dark Lords, which I probably should have just backed at that level in the first place. But I was really just trying to be frugal and responsible, which is dumb, because they're Boglins. And, I, of course, I want as many of them as I can get. So keep your eye out uh, for Boglins. Uh, like I said, Vlob is already sold out a bunch of places. Um the rest of them are still available. I know Toink still has, uh, that's Toy NK, whatever that is, uh, still has Vlob available for pre-order. Uh, so there are three regular ones, and then the Dark Lords are coming in May, and then more after that. They're Golden Horn Kings as well. Uh, I'm honestly not sure where those are available. I know they were also part of the Kickstarter backer package. I'm not positive they're even going to be available for pre-order elsewhere. Uh, because I just th those I was like ah they're neat I don't I don't need them, uh, which granted that's how I felt about the clown too. No, I didn't. I felt like the clown was repulsive and I didn't need it. Uh, and then finally, Black Widow has a new release date. It is Ju I think it's July 9th. Gosh, I, I didn't write the release date down, and I've got too much momentum momentum now to stop and look it up. But it, it's been pushed back. But it will be theatrical and. Uh, Disney Plus release. I think it's 30 bucks to watch on Disney Plus. I got my first vaccination shot this past Monday. I get my second one on April 12th, so I will be vaccinated and ready to go to the theater to see Black Widow in July. Very excited about that. And I guess one last thing before I go here, I'm going to throw out that uh, Dragon Con, you guys, if it happens, I'm going to be there, and I'm going to be there doing the things that you know I do at Dragon Con. I can't totally say more than that right now, even though I did post a Big Damn Game Show picture up on the social medias today. So, Big Damn Game Show, you guys. It's been three years, or it will have been three years by the time Dragon Con rolls around. I think it's time to do it again. What do you think? And finally, one last thing before we get to the meat of the episode, which is our group review of The Snyder Cut. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I want to ask you guys to please go check out the Needless Things YouTube channel. I'm having so much fun doing the unboxings and toy reviews over there. I'm still kind of finding my stride and figuring things out. This week, you got a review of the new Land Shark from the Masters of the Universe Origins line, as well as Trapjaw, and I even pulled out the old Cronus figure to see if he would fit in the Land Shark, and you're going to have to go watch that video to find out if it worked out or not. Uh, and then on Monday, I reviewed the new Assassin Predator. I hope I'm right about that. Seems right. Monday was a long time ago, you guys. I've had to do a lot of adult stuff this week, and I really resent it. Uh, but I believe it's the new Assassin Predator. Yes, it is. New Assassin Predator from NECA, from the movie The Predator. And it's a big, giant figure. And the foot breaks off right in the middle of the review. You can see it right there on YouTube on the Needless Things YouTube channel. Please like, share, subscribe. Tell your friends about these fun toy reviews that I'm doing. It's not about my face, it's about the toys. So go check them out. And now it is time to get all snidered up. Here we go. Joining me tonight, the Needless League has a... Oh, wait, no, the Justice League doesn't assemble. What does the Justice League do? Uh, convene? Get together? <laughs> they Aquaman, just kind of get together. <laughs> Joining me tonight for our conversation about the Snyder Cut, the Glowmania world champion, Bob Burke. Dave? You know, I alternate back and forth between Glowmania World Champion and Glow in the Dark World Champion, but I feel like both apply, although they might be different titles. Um, either one applies, but I, I do have one question for you. Yes. What are you going to do when Glowmania runs wild on you, brother? Let's hope it never happens, because I don't want to have to deal with that situation. Also joining us, our head of research, Mr. Ryan Schweck. I'm ready to talk about a movie that will hopefully take us less time to talk about than the actual length, which rarely happens. Well, unlike the movie, this this has we uh, won't be a time moving in slow motion, needlessly <laughs> half the time. And you've already heard him. You know him. You love him. He's our own little negative flower of needless things, Mister Arian Gulick. What's up? And finally. Coming to us from a shared screen in a shared home that is full of nothing but love and horror, Ryan Cadaver and his lovely bride, Nicole Gould Cadaver. <laughs> What's up, everyone? Glad to be here. I have the longest name, so I get the best intro. It's true. I usually save you for last because I'm like, if I, if I run out of time, I'm going to cut one of your names out. That's some of the O's out of the goo. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. that determines how long I can go with that. Uh, so, uh, Ryan Schweck, obviously you are our head of research. I expect that you're prepared with a lot of information. But over the course of this conversation, Arian, I am appointing you our head of Googling. So if something pops up and we have one of those awkward moments where we're all like, oh, what is that? We should know that. What's that information? You're our I have, guy. We'll, I we'll have multiple tabs open, ready to go, that are not set to like you know various porn sites. Oh, that's fine. Ready. That's fine. 
But, but don't close your porn sites because sometimes yeah. you lose your place and you get back mm. and you're like, wait, Never. two Never. minutes in, you're like, wait, I've seen this. I already Put, saw this scene. Yeah, get the thing out of the butt and let's try to find something else. He's this has is a Justice League movie up right now. <laughs> the Bustus League. This is a Snyder movie. The porn site may have some applicable information. That's true. That's very true. Uh, all right. So uh, if you haven't figured it out by now, we are doing an episode about Justice League, the Snyder Cut. Now, I recommend that the listeners go back and listen to episode 188, which was our review of the the Justice League, as people derisively refer to it, uh, which we all now, now not everybody was the same, but some of us uh, some of us were on that one. Uh, and and in general, we were pretty positive about it. Uh, yeah, it wasn't. I think we recognized some faults, but overall, we had fun watching that movie. But now it's time to discuss the movie as it was in, originally intended to be. Although I'm sure Snyder had some ideas, you know, that happened between then and now that he enacted. But for the most part, this seems to be his vision, uh, and we're going to talk about it. And and this was kind of an emergency convening of the needless things podcast, because it's really wasn't on the schedule. Uh, fortunately the episode that was supposed to be recorded tonight, our guest had a little timing issue. So that's going to happen in a couple of weeks. And, and it opened up a slot for us to do this episode, which I'm glad about because I feel like this movie deserves some conversation. Now, uh, Shwek, you were the first one to say, Hey, if we're doing an episode, I got to be on it. So, and I honestly can't remember if you sent me that message before or after you watched it. Mid movie. I sent it to you. <laughs> Somewhere between hours eight and 15. I don't know. It, I felt like I'd always been watching Snyder's version of the Justice League. <laughs> He started writing a letter like a Civil War veteran at war. Dearest David. <laughs> I have been here a long time. I am lonely. I've Let's seen many things. To you. Uh, like a, I mean, over in the cadaver household, it was like a test of strength and fortitude. Like we put that shit on and Ryan's like, don't fall asleep. And I'm like, well, I, I'm, I'm not going to fall asleep. It's fine. I'm fine. I was like, so I had stuff to do like all weekend. And I was like, we need to watch this movie like before I go do my things. And uh, I was like, we're watching it when we get home all the way through one, like, you know, yeah. one bathroom break, but that's it. Yeah. He's like, what? no, come on. <laughs> Did like, you really only do one, one bathroom break? I watched, really? Oh, yeah. I took like five. I watched it Sunday morning after breakfast, like between like 1030 and 230. Yeah, that shit will take you far into the afternoon if yeah. you start that in the morning. <laughs> I watched it like after work, after I had been like, I had to like drive to Columbus, work all day, drive back. And then, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm awake. I'm totally fine. Well, four hours later, I'm like hallucinating. I'm like, am I still watching this movie? <laughs> so. I and think Ryan's like, you know, like I was poking like, me with sticks was and like, stuff. I was like, like wake up. I was like, let's watch it again after it was over. I was like, this <laughs> well, and that's what I've got I, it on. I, right. I've got it on right now. I turned it on a little while, a little while before we started recording. And within the first 10 minutes of it being on, I was like, oh man, I kind of just want to watch this again. Uh, but well you, well, you do know the black and white versions come. 
Uh, yeah, I don't. Well, okay. No. You know what? I can't. I can't poo-poo any black and white versions because they did that. Frank Darabont did that with The Mist, which I think is one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this you know little artist got to put out his black and white version, whatever. And then I watched it, and it's awesome. Like it's a it is a different experience. So and not and not only that, Snyder's claiming that he has some like alternate Joker takes. Yep. Or something oh, different God, with the Joker no. for the black and white version. I don't know that we need any more. No. And and I'm look, just, I like I'll I'm get it out of the way. way. I'll I'm get it out of the way right now before we actually get to talking about that scene. Uh I'm a fan of Jared Leto's Joker. I, <clears> I find it very interesting and captivating and different, and I'd like to see more of it. But maybe that scene was a little long. I'll say it. I'll admit it. Yeah, yeah I, I think you're right. Yeah. So I kind of feel the same way. Um like I, I thought it was cool. The um, promise of what it set up is oh, incredible. for sure. Exactly. But, yeah. I feel like the scene itself was, it was kind of extraneous. But you, you mean what it set up is more movies that are as of now not ever going to get made? Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, the have you, of what have you heard of a thing? Have yeah. you heard of a thing called money? Yes, and have you heard of a thing called the Snyder Cut? Because we shouldn't be watching that either. Right, that yeah. doesn't exist according to the internet. So. Yeah. But I want to get back to, um, Shwack, I want to get back to you. Uh, you you sent the message, you wanted to talk about the movie, and th- what is your, with you, I would say, probably being the most educated of us about a lot of this stuff, um, at what point, did you really feel like the Snyder cut might be a real thing that could potentially be released? I think I was probably later than a lot of people. Um, you know, I mean, I definitely was one of those people that poo pooed the hashtag and all that stuff. And yeah, people just to let it go. Cause I guess I wasn't on the original justice league or weedingly or whatever they're calling it episode, but I do not like that movie. Um, I don't like what they've done with the DC. Universe. I don't like it now. <laughs> yeah. I like it less the farther I get away from seeing it. So, like when I watched yeah. it, I was like, "Oh, it was fun," you know. There, it was. There it, are a couple things that I liked, maybe a little bit better, but they were like little things. We'll yeah. get it. Yeah, but overall, I think this is a far better movie. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, I was surprised as anybody. I think that they did this and put this much of a budget into it um, for something that how are they making money on this? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if the amount of HBO max subscriptions are going to equal the $70 million. Um, but I think, I, I think it's, it's a PR thing. It, it's all about just getting buzz. It's, yeah. It's, it's to get like eyeballs on your, your product, which is HBO max to drive potentially subscription numbers, but also just to have like, you can't see this anywhere else on any other service. It's yeah. exclusive content. And that's all any of the providers want anymore is stuff that like you can't get anywhere else. So this is why you would subscribe to their service. Well, and also, I mean, just look at the, it, it has been as far as pop culture goes, this has been one of the most discussed subjects of the past, what, two years. Yeah. I mean, just that word of mouth and buzz alone, like money can't buy that kind of attention and whatever, whatever is next for the DC movies 
is is carrying that momentum with it. So it's not well, so much. I don't think it's so much that what's next that, is an awesome Batman movie. I don't see, think. No, what's next is Suicide Squad, right? Right, Suicide Squad, and yeah. that's what I, one thing I don't understand too is Warner Brothers is just so awful at planning all this stuff. So they're yeah. going to get all this buzz from this, and then where does it go? Like, well, nowhere. It goes know. nowhere. Yeah. Here's here's my thing is like. I kind of like the idea of not having like two friggin' huge interconnected universes. Like, yeah. But if they're pushing the multiverse, that this is a good way to kick it off almost. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah, prefer just That's telling interesting too. stories with interesting characters. Like the standalone Joker movie was great. Yeah. Like I'm looking forward to the new Batman movie. I like Birds of Prey. It wasn't connected to anything. Right. Yeah, I'm looking well, forward to Suicide Squad. Uh, and I want them to do that. I just want them to pick one. Like I'll, pro- I'll probably watch the Flash movie because it's going to have a bunch of Batman content in it. Well, I don't. You know think what the biggest anything... problem? Like the biggest problem with DC though is like they try all these different things, and when they fail, what do they do? They go back to just Batman again, and it's like so. There's new one coming out. It's like year two. So it's still kind of origin-y in a way of Batman. It seems like they keep going back to that Batman well when nothing else succeeds. We have something now that is generating buzz and is succeeding, and they already flat out said today that that's it. It's not continuing. It it depends on how you define success. If you're shackled to a guy who, like, and let's let's be honest here, this would have bombed the ever-living fuck it would have had terrible, terrible box office numbers if it was four hours and came out in the theater. What oh, he yeah. should have, what he should have That's done, true. is cut it into two movies, put yeah, one out. I would argue that it would put have one out long. and then put one out six months later. Just shoot them both at the same time. Like trying to have it just his way when, like, you know. In, and granted, like who knows what anything looks like now because it's the end of the world. But <laughs> when, th- like, the movie distribution system like does not want a fucking four hour, and like I didn't see the extended cut of a uh, Batman versus Superman. It's but it's again, a like, huge improvement yeah. over. Yeah, yeah, it's a much better. And I, and I will say, like, I'll just go ahead and get out of the way. I didn't hate this movie. Uh, it tells a much mo- more coherent story than the other version of Justice League, which I lear- mostly enjoyed. Uh, overall, uh, I I don't like this version better on a personal level, just because I don't like the way Zack Snyder makes movies. Uh, it's okay. Snydered all over everything, and there's just well, and I think I think what we're gonna have to do is put that aside. For- from the beginning because uh, it's we could talk all day long about what we would like the DC movie universe to be about what we would like Justice League movies to be but that's irrelevant because that's not going to happen what we have are the movies that right what we have are the movies that Zack Snyder has put out uh, and we'll have different you know we're already going to have different Batman movies we're going to have different movies from different creators over the years Uh, I think I'd say that I uh, almost more than anything, I'm happy for Zack Snyder that he got to make this. I am, I am yeah. too. He like, got caught with such tragedy in the middle of it and kind of had this unfinished business. And he like, deserved it. 
Yeah. I, I don't care for his movies overall, but he seems like a nice human being and mm-hmm. this meant a lot to him. And I'm glad that he got to put it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good for him. Like I find his movies hit or miss. It depends, but I will say it's like, at least he got his redemption with this because his name was attached to the original version, which I personally felt was an absolute abortion of a superhero movie. Batman and Robin levels bad. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it really was. It really was. Well, no, wait, I think that's awesome. If you had said Batman forever levels of bad, I would feel (laughs) like that's really a bad thing, but Batman and Robin levels of bad is Excellent. Excellent. So, (laughs) oh no, (laughs) that's a whole other conversation. But like, I I, I just felt like the original version was so like, I didn't care about any of those characters. They forced Cyborg on you with like almost no like real story behind them. It was Mm -hmm. so minimal. They made Aquaman incredibly like he was too like Roman Reigns ish in in the the Wheaton version. Um, you bet Flash was like too goofy. They made Batman comical which he should not be. Well, the problem, the issue I have with basically every iteration of Flash ever is they use Barry Allen, but then they write him like Wally West. Wally West. Yeah. I, know. I agree. It drives Except me insane. Except for the old CBS TV show. And you need, well, and then that was prior to Wally West really, like, his he, personality he, being associated with, the, with Flash in the way that it is now. Uh, but... In a movie like this, you do have in an ensemble feature, you do have to have the character that's sort of the comic relief that sort of has the wisecracks. Uh, and while it stands I don't, out a lot more in this one because he's the only one doing it, right? Well, but it you works do, better like you that. do still have the great "What's your superpower? I'm rich." That's which a great line. Is a fantastic line. There's one line, however, that is conspicuously absent that I feel like would have had a great home at some point in this movie. Uh, and head of research Schweck, I think would agree. It's well, not agree. Cause I'm not saying it is. I, I believe you're under the impression. It's one of the greatest Batman lines from any comic ever. He and is the any, goddamn Batman. <laughs> if anybody was ever going to say it, it would have been this Batman. I think. <sighs> such a wasted opportunity <laughs> well, and I was saying, one line i couldn't believe was not in this movie and good for snyder for holding some restraint how did superman get a black costume and no one cracked a batman joke like at no point did batman look over and go i like your new color i kept no, waiting for it i, was I like, thought it was gonna be i thought it was gonna be black is my color like yeah. that's what i thought the line was gonna yeah. be you didn't do it so that's great although we have to talk about the fact that there was literally no reason for him to have this black costume. In the comics, it's his regeneration suit, right? right. They do and, show the yeah. sun. They show him like fly up to the sun and like kind of like absorbing it. They kind of allude to it. There's like it's somewhere during hour seven. <laughs> it's very much. It feels like. He's wearing a black costume because Zack Snyder cool. wanted to wear the, wanted him to wear the black costume, which oh. is very Snydery, and and yeah. I can't complain about that because it does look cool. And now we're getting a figure yeah. of it too. Well, you know what's really cool though is at the end, like when like during the epilogue when they show them all like returning to their homes, and he's Clark Kent, and he sees and he rips open the shirt, and he still has that on. Like I honestly expected him to be back in classic yeah, colors. There. The well. fact that he yeah. the fact that he wasn't like I loved it. I would love this. Like, I wish we were getting two and three just to see at what point does he go from the black costume back to the classic costume? Cause if, if I'm not mistaken, 
when the, when they're showing like the, the possible futures and you see him like mourning a body and dark sides hand grabs him doesn't he have on the classic colors yeah he does yeah he does and so at what point does he get them back why right. does he put him back on like there's like so many little tiny things like that like i wish i can i can get answers to yeah, it's a more alien suit that he switches back to. It's uh, the colors on it are more iridescent. And I, I saw somewhere where they talked about it, that it's supposed to symbolize him being either either going even farther to like his alien heritage. Um, I did like today Snyder in part of the interview where he was talking about stuff, apparently tried to get the mullet in. And got shot down. <laughs> more brother yeah. said, absolutely not. <laughs> That's funny. So I, I kind of like long hair Superman back in the mm-hmm. day, though. Yeah, me too. What was uh, so? What came out today? Because I, I haven't se- I haven't been in the news today. I've had a lot happening. Uh, what you guys said that there was a definitive no to any kind of follow up to this. Yeah, I mean, I read well, an interview with Snyder where he was talking about uh, the like alternate future scene towards the end when they were going back and most of that's new footage and there was something he wanted to put in where at first they were like no because you're going to give people the idea that there will be more movies uh i feel like the epilogue totally 100% did that right yeah. well yeah, and he, here's the question was it did Zack snyder say i'm not doing any more of this or did warner brothers say there's not going to be any more of this because the, honestly that epilogue, warner brothers yeah, yeah, yeah but also brothers. warner brothers told like, him don't do this this oh. way but snyder did make a comment on that where he was like i love comics and comics aren't they don't really end and a lot of times they set up future stuff so he's like even if it doesn't continue on i feel like it feels more like a comic book story to have a setup for something else even if it doesn't happen well i guess what i was wondering is if you know if snyder isn't interested could another creator come along and tell that story i don't know that'd be awesome is that door open and i, I mean, and i, I think, think i think his cast is amazing yeah, I like, agree. He, he yeah. a great cast. The problem with that is then you kind of get into that Star Wars sequel trilogy thing where you have J.J. Abrams' vision and then Ryan Johnson comes and completely destroys it. So J.J. Well, Abrams has to come back and fix it. It's kind of like that. Think, oh, are we going to talk about The Last Jedi? No, we're not. There is a moratorium <laughs> on Last Jedi here at Needless Things. I think not- if you picked one person to do the, like, the follow-up, like, we don't, if they don't alternate back and forth, like, like like obviously there would be differences. Hopefully there would be like fewer sepia tones and unnecessary slow motion. Uh, well, let's say we get like Matthew Vaughn to do the follow up. That'd be good. And it's his vision. It's his thing. Fine, great. But yeah, then if we get like Matthew Some, Vaughn, somebody who can tell a story in two and a half hours, they should get yes. Wes Anderson to do the next one. <laughs> let's get Wes Anderson to do <laughs> Wes the- Anderson's Justice League. <laughs> yeah, I'd be down with that. That would be fine. All right, so we got to at some point we're going to have to actually talk about the movie here. Oh yeah. Uh, I was going to say we do know what the next two movies were going to be. Well, a basic outline. Yeah, okay, so tell and me it about is this. Bonkers. You sent you sent yeah, the link. Yeah, yeah. I didn't read, have, I read that. I didn't have the opportunity to go and check it out. So tell us a little bit about <sighs> this. So basically, after Whedon's version came out, storyboards got sent out of what Essentially, they label it as like Justice League 2A, 2B, 
it's essentially the next two movies and it is insane. Like it shows, you know, Superman getting controlled by dark side. It involves Luther and the Legion of doom that they kind of set up at the end with this. It was Deathstroke, Dr. Poison from wonder woman, Orm, black Manna, and Riddler. And the basic story is Luther sets him up. Luther kind of realizes what's going on. Riddler solves the anti-life equation and then shoots himself in the head. Um, and then Luther gets a hold of it. Darkseid shows up and gets it, captures Superman. Um, and while that's happening, when Superman comes, Lois gets killed and you see uh, Lois whispers something uh, to Bruce and Bruce kind of stands while she, while she dies and doesn't stop it. And then you get the nightmare version and there's a whole big nightmare chunk of the movie uh, and it's all flash. They build a cosmic treadmill and you see that team that Batman has like stopping them. Flash goes back and we learn that what Lois whispered was she was not pregnant with Superman's baby, but Bruce Wayne's. <laughs> and so then. Come on. <laughs> That's so fucking. Uh-huh. Edgy. I love it. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, Superman was dead, man. She's got to move on. You can't. Young yeah. woman in the city, rich guy. Come on, you got to bang it out sometimes. It's true. If you're yeah, Ben Affleck like and Amy Adams, dying and you banging his best friend. Oh, it gets better. So but then, <laughs> oh no, now we've it, gone back in time. So we've gone back in time after all the Justice League's been killed in Nightmare version. Uh, Flash tells Batman that it's his kid. Batman steps in. They stop Darkseid. Then you get this big giant fight and blah, 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 blah. And then it ends with, yes, it is Batman's child. And he got killed by like a mega beams, I think. And Superman decides it's cool, Lois. I love you. And it ends with Lois taking her child, who is Batman's, to the Batcave, who will be the new Batman. it's i highly recommend reading it because it's so much longer than that and it's insane i think that beats the the spider creature and and they said like they came out and said yeah we were going to make some changes here and there to it like it wasn't going to be exactly that but it's pretty close to what was going to happen i think the bat baby was a bad idea a terrible idea. Yeah. It makes me, so it makes me think of that moment in Mallrats when Brody is like, Lois Lane could never carry Superman's baby mm-hmm. um, because she'd get a suntan and it would kick out of her uterus. The only um, right. that could carry Superman's baby is Wonder Woman. Um, so I feel like it would have to be Bruce Wayne's baby because she wouldn't be able to carry um, Superman's baby. I like this when it gave us two Superman movies in a row. One where he is a negligent father who just leaves his child with somebody. (laughs) And then the second one where he is raising not his own child. Yeah. He goes from one extreme (laughs) to the other. (laughs) Yeah. Which if you want to see good superhero Superman fathering, that new Lewis Lewis and Superman show on CW is actually good. It really is. Yeah. Okay. It's, It's good. It, when I heard the the premise, I was like, "This is maybe not really what I want." But I was surprised how good. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll give it a shot. Uh, so, why is why is this four three? 
Yeah, no, that like that's my first note is the first thing I said when I started watching this movie is Jesus fucking Christ, are you kidding me? Was it made for Instagram? What the, the fuck? It was I, apparently made for IMAX. It was shot but on This IMAX. isn't an IMAX aspect ratio. I don't know, dude. That's just what I heard. I have no idea. It doesn't make any sense to me. I, re- I mean, I read the same thing, but this isn't the IMAX ratio. Like, yeah, if you go, if you go just- and watch, right? Exactly. Yeah, you're right. I don't know, but and 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 look, 15 minutes in, I didn't give a I shit anymore. It, it, I didn't even notice it. But it's still like, wh- why? I agree. And, and yeah, it's weird. I read the same thing that he he wanted this done for IMAX. So I guess maybe I'm there's some technical. You know, it's a darn shame Chad Shonk hates Zack Snyder so much, or else he could explain this to us. I like to I keep kind of waiting you, for, Chad. I think I the fourth three, to like to like expand or something. Maybe during like the finale, like during like big action scenes, I kept waiting for it to go full screen or something, and it just never did. It was I kept going, like checking my options and stuff to see if there was something I had to turn right, on. Right, right, like, right. That was the first was thing I did. That was the first thing I did. Was like, did I screw something up on the menu? And then I went and looked and saw it. So it's. The the IMAX ratio is closer to four three than sixteen by nine widescreen, and he apparently when he was shooting Batman versus Superman when he shot some stuff in IMAX he really liked it. So when he wanted to release it, when he when he it came time to do Justice League, the whole plan was to always do it in this way, and it's. Uh, quote unquote the academy ratio which is the cinematic standard through most of the golden age of hollywood going into the 50s like if you go at, okay, if you go back that's a better explanation and watch casablanca like that's all in right right so. well and it makes me wonder though uh and and you couldn't do a side by side of this in Whedon's justice league but there are some shared scenes i'd be curious to see what's cut which way, you know, because that one is the the I think it's sixteen nine. I'm I'm sure eventually someone will make a YouTube video comparing them. You're like, right. You're right. There will be so many videos made about this insanity. Like so let's talk about okay. Well, first, before we get to the music in general, because it's one of the first things the things that jumped out at me is like within the first 20 minutes of the movie, we hear two different dirges that make me want to kill myself. Uh, but don't you talk bad about Nick cave. One of those dirges is the Jason Momoa is sexy song sung in like Swedish or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. What's up with the Jason Momoa song? I don't know. Off sexy man. <laughs> That's exactly what it was, but it was in Swedish. Yeah. Can we talk about something real fast with Jason yeah. Momoa right there? Yeah, please do. Where does Jason Momoa get his shirts? Because oh every time, <laughs> every time he goes to the ocean, he takes his shirt off and just throws it to the side and goes and swims. And some young girl yeah. finds it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this he, bothered he me. Scatters shirts around every right. port of call, and he just comes out and grabs one. And puts There's it like a lost and found box, and he. Because if you're Jason Momoa, you know how sexy you are, and you know that these young girls want your discarded clothing. Well, there's that one scene with like the fifth dirge of the movie where he walks out onto the pier really slowly while he's drinking whiskey or whatever. And he takes his shirt and he just throws it into the ocean. No young oh. girl can recover it there. I think that's really selfish of him. 
But he yeah. also smashes the whiskey bottle on a rock into the ocean and like oh, he does all kinds of littering. One, one of my uh, one of my notes is uh, in, in this version of the movie, uh, <laughs> Aquaman reminded me of Julian from Trailer Park Boys because he's always <laughs> drinking. He's yeah. always got a drink in his hand. It would have been amazing if he just held it in his hand the whole movie and it never spilled. <laughs> <laughs> that, actually, it would be really funny if he just had a bottle the whole time. So like literally every scene, just a bottle of Jack or whatever. Yeah. Or whatever. I'm sure he doesn't drink Jack Daniels. I'm sure Jason Momoa drinks some kind of locally sourced whiskey grown from the bases of mushrooms or something. I don't know. <laughs> that works, but. I mean, I think like realistically, it's very much about just the very moment of watching Jason Momoa take off a shirt. Like Jason Momoa shirtless is one thing, but Jason Momoa <laughs> taking off a shirt... This, the Snyder Cut, interestingly enough, elevates uh, that shit to the next level. Although, yes, <laughs> why the fuck does he have shirts on in the first place when he's in the ocean and then gets out of the ocean? If I looked like that, I would not own a shirt. The ocean. Yeah. Those never, scenes, those scenes are a big, shirt. like, missed opportunity to have White Snake playing in the background. Oh my gosh! Absolutely. <laughs> and <a> fan just <laughs> blowing on the air like this. Yeah. It, it, White Snake enough, all day. The, the Snyder cut took out all of the unnecessary Wonder Woman butt shots and Which gave us more, more shirtless Jason Momoa. I don't think anybody's going to complain about that. Well, I've got a, I've got a note about butts that we'll get to later because you guys know me. Um, at least so, there's no bat nipples. Let's at least thank God. No for that. bat nipples. Uh, Bats are mammals. They have nipples. Damn it. It's true. I, I have nipples. Could you milk me? <laughs> um, so, I thought we weren't discussing Last Jedi. (laughs) Uh, One of the scenes that's relatively intact, or entirely intact from Whedon's uh, cut, or I guess Whedon kept intact from Snyder's cut. This is all very confusing. Damn it, Barry. Uh, Wonder Woman liquidated somebody. Literally just obliterated them to fucking nothing. (laughs) And it was awesome. I I have no problem with that. I don't either. It fucking rules. Because this is the Snyder verse and these kinds of things happen here. Yeah, that scene is actually fucking cool as shit. Like, I I really, that's like the most like badass Wonder Woman scene in any of these movies. Well, and speaking of the music, I I think uh, that the Wonder Woman, the modern Wonder Woman theme is one of my favorite superhero themes. I think it's absolutely awesome by Junkie XL. It's awesome. It's great. Uh, but Schweck, you messaged me a thought about another theme. Ah, uh, yes, one of my my blasphemous statements. You got it. You got to bring it out into the public, man. So, in general, I will say a friend. In general, I don't like Hans Zimmer stuff that much, Zimmer. But I love the Superman theme. I think, to be honest, I think it rivals Superman seventy eight and Batman eighty nine. I love it. The slow piano at the beginning, how it builds, how they can slow it down. It's just great. Yeah, I agree. I, I absolutely agree. I mean, I thought that like in the Man, in Man of Steel, I think the fucking theme is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's more epic than it is like orchestral in a way. Like the original Superman theme, like you, you recognize it as Superman, but it's very like. It's I don't know the word I'm looking for, like- but it's just. Star Wars and and yeah yeah there you go I don't I don't mind Hans Zimmer in particular like in fact like 
he did a great job with the Blade Runner 2049 soundtrack. And nice. I expect that he'll do a really good job with the Dune soundtrack because he's doing that too. But uh, I prefer like the only version of like Superman screen wise that I still like to this day is uh, you know, 78 Superman. So. I think my issue with Hans Zimmer uh, because I don't think he's a bad composer by any stretch. He's done fantastic work on a lot of movies, but to me, his, his themes are so closely tied to superhero movies that are not what I want from superhero movies. He did all of the Nolan Batman movies, um, and, and, and the Snyder stuff. And, and like I've said, I can enjoy these things for what they are, but they're not what I want. And his, uh, it's so attached to it that you can't escape it. Yeah. And, and his themes don't, they feel epic, but they don't feel super heroic to me. I thought I, they fit the Nolan verse uh, very well though. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They, I mean, they fit this for sure. Uh, okay. So uh, one more thought about wonder woman in that scene, just watching that scene, just, uh, because we're so familiar with that and in the midst of a lot of unfamiliar territory that we're watching in this movie, that scene comes along and we know that it's one that we genuinely liked without it. It's not a, I didn't like this other thing, but this is better. That's legitimately a great scene of Gal Gadot doing her wonder woman thing. And I was thinking about how much I love her as wonder woman. She's so great. She's so charming and, uh, has a power and a sensitivity to her and uh, I just got mad all over again that she was in that piece of shit Wonder Woman 1984. I still haven't <laughs> seen that movie. I haven't either. And yeah. I'm it's going a piece to. of shit. I'm not going. I to. don't want because I love Wonder Woman. First of all, I love Wonder Woman so much. I will. And I will watch it eventually. I love Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman so much. I don't know. I feel like so many of you have have been like it's a fucking travesty. Man. I hate it. Yeah, I just I don't think my brain needs to have it live in there, so I'm just gonna not see it. <laughs> yeah, I wish like I, I hadn't I, watched it. Like I thought it was definitely like a poor movie, but I liked like her story in that movie and like her 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 sacrifice and like I like what the story stood for, but the acting was so bad. It was like, did you guys ever see Punisher Warzone? I love Punisher Warzone. That movie is awesome. Aside from the opening scene when he just kills like a whole room full of people in like three in like thirty seconds, that movie was so like he's the Punisher. He blows a guy up doing parkour with a rocket launcher. Yeah, that's the oh, best like, part. The of the movie. Best. That's but, like, fucking but, like, awesome. Like the way like like the way Jigsaw was. That movie was just so like. Well, that movie was done. was like an R. Well, I, I think badly done is is I, I wouldn't agree with that choice of words. It may not be to your taste, and it may not be what you want from the Punisher. But that movie is expertly done. Lexi Alexander, the director, is a phenomenal action director. Uh, it was. To me, that movie is almost like Batman sixty six rated X. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's a good comparison. Campy, but it's so over the top brutal uh, that to me, it's uh, you know, it's up there with like Punisher Max or the more over the top Punisher stories, where it's oh, yeah. just it's almost parodying the violence inherent in that character. Uh, but it's having a great time doing it. I, I love that movie. Yeah, it's Punisher War Journal from the 90s. Like, yeah, you gave me a stack is. of those comics. That's the movie I would want to see made. 
Yeah. Real quick, uh, back to Justice League. So whenever, oh, whenever, what, what were we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, when the movie opens and it's showing like Superman dying at the end of Batman versus Superman, and there's like the scream going out around, and that kind of shows how like that kind of like awoke, you know, the the, the evil that's coming, and like right, all right. This. I don't feel like there's that, and then there's the whole Age of Heroes comparison with the gods. And all that stuff of like the the gods, and then now the superheroes, the Justice League, are like the new gods. Uh, I didn't get any of that from the original no. Justice League. No. But no. I'll cut because, like, I I was like, those are really cool story beats that I just never picked up on. And I was like, I watched Justice League like three times and never got that. So I'm assuming that was all cut. Well, uh, so m- we lost so much because I'll tell you what. To me, the star of this cut was Steppenwolf. Because yeah. we Steppen got Wolf his way, Steppenwolf was way less awful, and uh, the dude who plays Cyborg was absolutely correct to be pissed because yeah. his story all- is so much better in this than the Whedon cut. I, I think uh, again, I'm going to have to disagree with your choice of words. Steppenwolf was was not less awful. He was great okay. in this because he, he actually had a story and motivation. We understood first. where he came from. We understood why he was doing what he was doing. He had uh, legitimate heel heat in this one as opposed yes. to X-Pac heat. He was intimidating Well, he didn't even have X-Pac too. heat in the first In the first one, he was nothing. He was a big yeah, monster he was, guy. He was, a, he was a shitty video game villain. Like, yeah. he, was, he was literally there with no explanation. He was thrown in. He was there. And you didn't care. And this one, there was a reason for him being there. He was trying to win, win, win over Dark Side again. He was doing everything he possibly could to be accepted again. There was a story, and, and you they, cared like, about him. Like why this world would mean anything to Dark Side in the first place? Yeah, yes. for Steppenwolf to come down here and and try to win it for him. Why is this a prize? They fucking explained that the anti-life equation. No, none of that even existed in and. This movie had decide. Yeah. And, and granny goodness. goodness. And granny goodness. We saw a freaking granny goodness in a live action movie standing at the side of Dark Side, which by the way, amazing. Dark Side. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. I thought he was Except when he walks away at the end and it looks like he's trying to not take a shit. It's <laughs> very much uh because I, I have said, and, and Mike Gordon and I did a whole episode about this a few years ago, uh, where I said the DC animated universe, by which I mean Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, and Justice League, and Batman Beyond, are all so good that I don't really care if we ever get good live-action versions, because those are perfect. Yeah, yeah agreed. And I never imagined we could get, and, and granted, the, you can't really call this Dark Side live action, but yeah, yeah, but I never imagined yeah. that we would get a Dark Side in a live action movie that would even come close to comparing to the Dark Side from the DC animated universe. But this one did. It, he did. He did not disappoint me, which is an incredible thing to say about that character because your expectations are so high when it's Dark Side. They left me wanting more of him too, really bad. Oh, yeah. Like I want to see more of him in the worst way. Yeah. Um, So let me ask you a question because I I must have missed this in the movie and I can't figure it out. How did Darkseid lose Earth? Because there's that whole thing, you know, I've looked on trillions of planets for the anti life equation. Like, 
You were there. You know it was there, and then you flew he didn't away. Know the anti-life equation was there. It, he did. Well, okay. Because see, I wasn't sure because he like hits the thing and it makes the symbol. And I was yeah, like, they didn't find that out until later. Um, Steppenwolf is the one that actually discovered that the equation was there and told Desaad about it. But I will also say this: that the the within this universe. It seems very much like Darkseid is the only really sentient. Now, he's got Desaad. We didn't know, get to know a whole... I mean, if you don't know anything about this stuff, you don't even know who Granny Goodness is. Uh, but Darkseid and his forces being on Earth, like it's basically billions of parademons. He was kind of the only one that would even have the cognizance to recognize that battle and he got all fucked up and they flew him out of there. So I can see where after millions of planets, I don't know. I, I, I can see it just sort of falling to the side, the significance of earth. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. no, I think you're right on that. I think that's, I think that was like meant to be the intention, but it's just like, they never, embellished on that too much but i think that was meant to be intent he got his ass kicked he moved on he conquered millions of other worlds right with the right. intent of getting back there one day yeah just and something you just gotta put it like, off yeah it's like something else always came up. plus they kind of mentioned it there was always the intimidation of the kryptonian of the kryptonian right yep and and yeah. that was a big thing with him dying they were like hey earth doesn't have a protector anymore right no lanterns. That fucking makes me hard. Sorry. And did, you, did, sorry. did you did you notice the Kilowog cameo? Yeah. Yeah, that, that was Kil- that was Kilowog at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it had to be the Dead Lantern. Yeah. Uh, so we got a lot more out of Cyborg's character this time, which was really fantastic. And I I feel, uh, you know, speaking of Zack Snyder getting sort of his vindication and being able to achieve this vision, I. I hope that Ray Fisher gets some satisfaction out of this version being released because his, his performance is fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, you get so the show in this one character. And mm. then when they do the scene about his level of power and responsibility, it's insane. It's crazy. And that would be crushing to have that. I also thought that was a really cool way to visualize him being connected to every network. Like that was a really inventive way to show that yeah. on film. Like something I've never, I've never really seen it portrayed like that. And the way they did it, I was like, this is incredible. Well, and it gave him the opportunity to be himself and not be under the CG. Yeah. Or whatever. Too, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and speaking of power got the great football scene too, with Gotham yes. versus like, Michigan or something. No, Wisconsin. Well, and Scotland Central State versus Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> and in the original movie, I feel like we had the impression that something happened during the football game that's what injured him. Like, I don't, I don't even think, think we should. got the... I don't they think never even, said there was a car accident and his mom died. And I don't yeah. Think. They, they, they didn't get any of that. go into it too much. <laughs> one, of, one of my notes for the football scene was Snyder slow-mo during the football game too. Really? <laughs> See the one the one thing I will say about the difference between the two. So in the in the original the Wheaton one, even going beyond that, like I've always unpopular opinion here, I've always felt Cyborg was a lame DC character. And I hate how they would like shoehorn him into so many different things. 
because he was just lame. I hated Teen Titans after coming off of so many great. But I saw the look on your face after coming off of so many great animated You're, you're saying a lot of crazy stuff tonight, yeah. Bob. I, I know I am, but so <laughs> I, I know a lot of people love Teen Titans. I couldn't get into it. Coming off of something as good as like Justice League, Teen Titans just kind of missed the mark for me. So like I didn't like him in that. I never really liked him in the comics. I hated him in the Justice League comic when they when they introduced him. So I was willing to give him a shot in the Justice League movie. Thought he was one of the worst parts of the entire film. This movie completely changed my opinion. Full redemption to me. He was easily the highlight of this movie. His story yeah. is the it's is the whole like, focus of the movie. His his story hits a lot of like his story is really like everybody's story, and it's like central to like what Snyder was going through on a personal level, which is like parent to children relationships. Like you saw it with Diana and her mom. You saw it with like the scene with Kal-El at the end. Well, and Barry and his dad, his father's. Yeah. uh, Everybody's got parent issues. Are these all Disney characters? Uh, Hey, Batman doesn't have parent issues anymore. One of my favorite parts at the very end when Martian Manhunter says your parents would be proud. And he just says, I hope so. That was one of the first times you ever saw like Batman humanized a little bit. How? Okay. So when we saw the scene with Lois and Martha and then Martha walks out of the apartment and his Martian is Martha Manhunter. That was wild though. That was crazy. And that blew my fucking mind. There had been nuts. There had been rumors the whole time that that actor, and I can't think of his name right now, uh, but that the actor that was the general in Man of Steel was Mar- that the intent was for him to be Martian Manhunter. And I was like, it sounds like some internet bullshit to me. And then there it is. Yep. He's, he's right there. Why, did, why does John care? <laughs> like, why does he care if Lois is writing? stories or whatever yeah, there's a lot of reasons why he could care i mean he can read minds so like yeah. there's, i don't know like, i, I, I love was... that scene i was kind of disappointed with like i was like i hope this isn't all we're getting at him i hope there's something more well and, and you do kind of wonder like what was he where, doing where'd he go <laughs> between that conversation and the end yeah but but his conversation with bruce at the end of the movie is Everything that's gone on has made re- me realize I need to take a part in these things. Yeah. So, like, eh, there you go. It there's works. Your, there, there, there are your words. Yeah. Schweck, where are you at? Have you got any notes or anything? Is there anything specific you wanted to throw out there? I mean, I think what disappointed me the most about the whole Snyder Cut is we got four hours, and I was really left wondering what happened to the Russian family at the end because <laughs> <laughs> I just oh felt like we left it out. This is the really worst about- fucking part of that original. Movie. Well, like that was in like that. That's like prime Whedon too. Is like give people someone not super powered to connect with to see things through their eyes. Like how all this craziness is going on. Like I mean, he he does it like you know like focusing on like certain Sokovians in Age of Ultron. In, in other stuff like it's well it's not necessarily bad storytelling but in a movie that's so jam-packed and in his cut lacking in information about the main characters yeah no, it well, was like, really i would have ra- ra- way rather had like 
the cyborg story. Cyborg. Yeah, yeah, keep absolutely. the cyborg shit. You, you 100%. humanize the story by humanizing the main characters. Right. Like what they did with Cyborg. And and by just having the character development that we missed in yeah. the Whedon cut. Like, you know, instead of, you know, giving us a random Russian family that we don't give a shit about, flesh out the characters that we do give a shit about. Because they were very human and very... Um, especially Cyborg, very sympathetic. If we're talking about improvements and we're talking about the way that this movie improved on a lot of things, we have to talk about the fact that uh, this movie makes it seem like Amber Heard has more acting ability than a sack of potatoes. And if that's not miraculous, I don't know what is. Yeah. (laughs) Because, yeah, I mean, I rewatched Aquaman and I, you were absolutely she's right about her being the worst part horrible. of Horrible. Yeah. But in this, she's like, she's good. In, in the scenes that she's in, she's right. solid. And when she starts sucking Steppenwolf's blood out of his face, that was badass. With her water yeah. powers. Yeah. That, that, was, that was incredible. Cool. Like, I actually I will say, like, n- like nine times out of 10, whenever there's any sort of like aquatic hero or whatever like my eyes just glaze over and I lose interest. Like it doesn't matter if it's Namor and Marvel or I'm all about hydration. So like, I like my water people. Me too. Like I like to drink water. Like I don't like to like live under the sea. I wish I could live under the sea. I'm the opposite of the little mermaid. I want to know what's, what's under the sea. I don't care about this world. I don't want to be part of this world. I want to be. I want to go live with Flounder. Me, me either, you know what, Farnsworth. I got what? Me. me either, <laughs> Professor Farnsworth. <laughs> uh, all right. So, I like when they chirped at each other like dolphins. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> like, I get, I get it. I know what they were going for with that, yeah. but also, eh, I don't know. Uh, we, you, you can't gloss over like Willem Dafoe kind of creeping it up a little bit too. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. great. Well, it's, he was great. No, it was show. great. He's seeing him he's inherently and seeing, creepy. Uh, you know, we got some of the supporting uh, characters from the other stuff. Uh, I thought it was interesting. It kind of undid Aquaman though, or at least big parts of it because he goes Jason Momoa. This, this is Aquaman takes place after this, but see, can't it? Cause he's hanging out at the throne where the King was and he can't get to that in Aquaman until he goes and sees his mom and goes to the waterfall and all that mess. Is that right? Right? That's where he goes to get the Trident. Never saw Aquaman Trident. I don't know, though. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'd have to go and watch it But I did think it was really cool that they actually had King Atlan in the Age of Heroes sequence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Ares, and they didn't give him his stupid mustache face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bearded Ares is the biggest upgrade the DC Extended Universe has seen. Yeah. That was fantastic. So, Another piece of restraint that I thought was incredible, because if I'm remembering right, Whedon's Justice League opened with that Batman scene, didn't it? Where he's on the rooftops and he finds the parademon. Yeah. We don't get Batman until two hours into this movie. Holy shit. This was ballsy, but it actually works. Affleck is it. Bruce Wayne is in it, but we do not get the Batsuit for two hours. That's some restraint. Yeah. And, And I love... Affleck as Wayne. Uh, I think he's. He I think he's is, the best Bruce Wayne. He's yeah. not my. He's not my favorite Bruce Wayne slash Batman, but I. Th- I think he's the best on screen 
Bruce Wayne slash Batman. So Kevin Conroy. I'm guessing. Well, on screen. Okay, so who's your favorite on screen Batman? Ben Affleck. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) oh no, no no, favorite. No, no, favorite favorite is Keaton. Keaton, Agreed. Yeah, always be my favorite. (laughs) Totally agree there, Dave. Conroy is the best Batman. But he really agree with everything you're saying. He really only played like other than voice wise he was batman and batwoman and that was honestly terrible so i don't even want to count that or not batwoman the what was whatever the crossover in crisis yeah he was just it was like i wanted to see we all wanted to see kevin conroy as live action batman so badly and then he's just this old dick yeah like it was that's how he was in the kingdom come comic book which is what that was right kind of supposed but that's not that's not what i wanted to see from him uh, so, re- real quick, a uh, little a little palate cleanser, if you will. We're going to take a vote. I want you guys to really think about this, really consider it, because it's it's kind of what the whole movie hinges on. Uh, who has a nicer butt, Cyborg or Wonder Woman? Ooh. Uh, <coughs> just because I was weirded out by all the... Uh, Josh Whedon stuff that's been coming out and everything. I'm going to say cyborg because Wonder Woman has a fine butt, but I'm not going to objectify her. Solid. <laughs> okay. Cyborg pre cyborgification or post 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 for sure. Yeah, I like the metal oh. app. Well, then cyborg. I was going to say if we're judging, you know, '80s buns of steel, I got to go with cyborg. Ah. I hey, I'm I'm making, I gotta mix it up. I'm going with Dark Side. See, he's shaking that ass and he's walking away at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he knew what he was doing. <laughs> Nicole. Oh God. Aquaman. Why not both? <laughs> I mean, there's so many good butts in this movie. Yeah, Aquaman's butt is <laughs> I mean, I think we could do a whole podcast about um you know, Jason Momoa's butt and or shirtless chest, but, <laughs> but well, let's not forget um, Henry Cavill's shirtless chest. Yeah. yeah, shit. See, but Henry Cavill in the Witcher is like, that's my fantasy Henry Cavill. So it's hard for me to like fantasize about him in any other outfit <laughs> so you want to make it rain coins just toss and toss and toss and oh my god <laughs> well. make it hail all up in that <laughs> anyways um what, what oh we're talking about other people's butts i'm sorry baby i love you so much <laughs> <laughs> um henry cavill I'm, I'm doesn't hold with... a candle to ryan cadaver <laughs> <laughs> i mean i married him for his cute butt um there you go we could cgi out that beard i bet <laughs> it would probably look totally normal. <laughs> oh yeah, that's another huge improvement is they get rid of the CGI mustache. So which also ask- proves that none of those scenes were necessary at all. Let me ask you this. So Cyborg uh wow, what does this note even mean? <laughs> I wasn't even drunk when I wrote these. Okay, so presumably Cyborg gives himself butt cheeks. Because he has, we see he can make guns. He can make those fucking creepy little arms that come out of his back. Those are um, weird, yeah. So it is a conscious. Give him butt cheeks. It's a conscious decision for Cyborg to have butt cheeks. Um, what's to stop him from just walking around with a cyber schlong, Doctor Manhattan style? <laughs> I mean, he's naked. 
We kind of need that. Maybe have like a like a like an intergalactic cockfight or something. Do, cyborg against Doctor Manhattan. I think we need to hashtag cyborg dong cut. Wow. <laughs> this like, I make this happen. Of cats. Because I'm not signing. Get that in the butthole cut. So speaking. <laughs> Uh, speaking of uh, Cyborg being naked, actually, I thought that the times that his effect looked the best is when he's wearing like the hoodie, like in the sweatpants combo. I yeah. thought that looked cool. Like, it did look cool. You still see all the Cyborg stuff. You yeah, see yeah. But I thought that was a cool look because it hid like it, it, it was, looked great. It was a yeah. weird decision to me to make him like his torso is so thin and then his hips, like you actually see like the joint, like he almost looks skeletal. Yeah, it's it's a I don't know, it's a weird look. I, it, I don't know. It looks like the old Brainiac design. It does look like Brainiac. You're it right. looks like the old Brainiac. You're design. absolutely right. And it's it's you a, notice though in, in any in any like the recent movies when there's like a fully like robotic character like that. Like even go go back to um like Ultron. He's a lot more like sleeker and streamlined than he is in the comics. Like his upper body was bulky, but his lower body is kind of the same thing. He has like the thinner legs like that, and he's like more mechanical, so to speak. In the comics and the cartoons, Cyborg is you oh. can almost just say like Superman's body with like with like robotics on. In this one, he's more like like T eight hundred almost. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it they, seems like they all do that now. I feel yeah, I feel like they made him too robotic, but still, uh, you know. And that's whatever. the way I kind of like, and I don't know if it's just like it should have uh, made him look like Pimp Bot from Conan. Knowing like Cyborg <laughs> as being kind of like half and half. Like I just I kind of like a little more human in my cyborg. I like a know? little more meat on my cyborgs. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, he was because all you see of him that's human is like part, you know, like three quarters of his Well, face. and they established because of course they had to do the scene, same scene that Robocop the the Robocop remake yeah. did and show his, you know, meat parts that are left and there's like very little left of Victor stone, which is not how it is in the comics, but it, we can't worry too much about how it is in the comics because yeah, I, I feel like it's like a, it, not a big complaint. I love. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not a big so deal. Much. It's just a, it, to me, it's a weird. Yeah. I didn't love his look. real quick. Since we're aside from his butt. Since we're still <laughs> talking a uh, cyborg. I, I got to say that like, I've seen a lot of interpretations in comics and movies and TV shows of Silas Stone, and this dude's my favorite. Oh, he's awesome. He's he great. was so good. Yeah, yeah he did absolutely. a fantastic job. I'm glad he got more time in this one as well. Yeah, and he had like a cool little redemption too, where he, when he marked the, the box. That was okay. a great scene. I, yeah. I don't think it was a great scene, because why, why did he have to die? Why couldn't he have pressed that button from outside that box? The because if he wasn't in that room, Steppenwolf would have gotten to him before he could hit that button. But Seven Wolf was like not even trying to get into the box. I don't know. I, that that it didn't sell to me that he had to die. But I he had to, to, to understand this future tech enough to know why he did that. But it it was cool. <laughs> I don't know. He Maybe had to for story purposes to motivate Cyborg. Well, really right, and that's kind of what. That's it really felt all like. it is. Yeah, that's what it it's felt. Still like. better than Clark Kent walking into a tornado. Or yeah, uh, Pa Kent. Hawkins, sorry, yeah, Kevin Costner. Although I will say, like the fact that I can visualize Kevin Costner walking into a tornado anytime I want, kind of makes it worth it. Yes, true. They they seem to kind of try to redeem that a little bit. 
um, with the picture, and then when they played the when Superman's hearing voices, yeah. you only hear Pa Kent saying like, "Yeah, you have to help these people." And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, buddy, that is not." No, what yeah. <laughs> now, didn't didn't the the Whedon one had that? Didn't it have some horrible scene with like Pa Kent's head in the clouds talking to Superman? <laughs> it or wasn't in the clouds. He but he was on a mountain, and there was like Pa Kent came walking. So down. that really happened. Yeah, yeah. that's her death of Superman. I think it would have been it better was... if he was floating in the clouds, though. <laughs> <laughs> like Chubbs from Happy Gilmore. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like the oh my gosh! Can we get Carl? Can we get Carl Weathers to play Pa Kent next time? <laughs> yes. Hell yeah! That would be awesome. Hell yeah! Uh, all right. So I, I have another. I'm obsessed with Cyborg here. He could make himself less clumpy because every time Cyborg's walking around, it's going kachunk, 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 kachunk. <laughs> Like, dude, grow yourself some shock absorbers. Like, <laughs> you don't have to sound like this, but he clearly wants to because he's kind of a, a depressed kid. Yeah, yeah the cool Robocop sounds. Yeah, so it makes sense. Uh, there has to be something cool about being, like, in a, a giant robot guy. So going... Right, right. I would. Yeah. I would. And uh, I would want to annoy everybody, too. So the grave, the grave robbing scene in this this version uh, is, is much better. Although cyborg and flash do still get stuck with the duty and it's almost worse because this time wonder woman and Aquaman are just hanging out there, not helping at all. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're like, badass though. they're like, they're like newbies. Go, go dig that grave up. Well, I oh, mean, yeah. like in, in their defense, they are basically demigods and you know, wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't you think, Though that Superman's corpse would be under some kind of surveillance or protection or something, but that wasn't Superman's corpse. That was Clark Kent's corpse. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, that's true. Don't, yeah, don't forget right, in the last right. movie, kind of made that they had the thing. big giant funeral for Superman, but they had the, the funeral statue. for Clark Kent that was yeah, out in was, Kansas. So it was yeah, two different things. So they're digging up Clark's body. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. But there's a theme in this movie of not burying things appropriately. Like when they buried that mother box in the beginning, like they did like feet two feet the ground. <laughs> and I was like, oh God. Yeah, good enough. I, I love how like the Atlanteans are like, we're going to put this in a special place underwater. And the Amazonians are like, we're going to build this intricate thing around it. And like men are like, this is good. <laughs> well, you know what though? Look. The men did the best job, or the men, man, humanity did the best job because at least we hit it. Those yeah. guys put it on a pillar in the middle of the city. Like, <laughs> hey, everybody, the super special thing is in the middle of the city over here. We got to keep an eye on it. The The humanity was like, let's bury this thing and fucking forget about it. That's the best. So wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. So, so when they show the, 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 the mankind one, when Celia Stone like opens it up, it's in that box. They say like the it was found with the Nazis. It was in that steel box. Did the Nazis put it in that box, or was it in that steel box already? The Nazis it was in the steel box, box already. Okay. The well, the Wonder Woman. If you get if you have the one the the first Wonder Woman movie, the the one that was better. Um, there's a scene. It's it's kind of like the Marvel extras. There's a scene of uh, what's her name? Candy, Etta. Etta Candy, is that her name? Yeah. Oh, from the museum? Of her bringing the box to the United States government. I remember that, yeah. Um, And was it in that metal box already? Like in that scene? Yeah, I think so. 
I'm not positive. Uh, what I took from it was because when they show the the old dudes burying it, they just dig a hole and bury the box and put dirt over it. So I'm assuming that at some point, you know, like because the Nazis famously like would seek out all of these um, religious artifacts, artifacts and weird and stuff shit. like that. So I'm right. assuming that they went on a quest, found it, and stuck it in the box put it in storage. And See, then, I feel like I think they even said in the movie though that each civilization secured the mother boxes in their own means. And we I have think, I think humanity put it in the 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 old ancient dudes put it in the box. Yeah, that might be right. I, Either I, way, um I thought that the retrieving of the mother boxes like in the first movie took like three seconds. Mm-hmm. And in this they didn't one, even show Atlantis, did they? In the first, yeah. in the Whedon one, briefly, I think, like, yeah, very they show. I mean, they didn't show Steppenwolf going to Atlantis and getting it. Maybe they, I thought they showed him boomed it. He booms it. I don't see. I feel like all we saw was Mara talking to one of the guards, and then that tower, like, we hear the boom tube noise, and that tower mm-hmm. lights up. You might be right. They go in, and they're like, "Oh shit, it's gone!" Like that whole battle for sure was yeah, not in. Yeah. Battle definitely yeah. wasn't in there. And Which, it like, added, why would you take out sweet ass like aqua combat like that? Right. Was all, yeah. Well, and it and it also gave you know. Uh, granted, we you know Aquaman definitely got enough in the first movie, but in this one, that added so much more that that, and it also made his arc make more sense. Is that he saw this threat? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's Why see. More willing to join the Justice League. Everyone's uh, arc made more sense in this movie. Well, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, let's take a moment to acknowledge and also resent the fact that not only is Henry Cavill a good actor, an extreme hunky boy, he is also a giant nerd. It's really not fair. Yeah, he's the best. He rules. Yeah, he does. It's a shame we're probably not going to get him as Superman again. I, yeah, it really is because I. I I really like his presence as Superman. Same. He just he hasn't really, yeah. had an opportunity to be as great a Superman as he could be. Like God, Agreed. that black costume looked cool. Yeah, I really did. Uh, those man, I, I Ryan, I sent you a message saying yeah. I'm gonna have to fucking buy those damn McFarlane figures. I'm gonna have so, to. Yeah. So let, let, let me ask you guys this: So in the comics, he put you know Doomsday kills him. He comes back. The black suit is his like regeneration suit. But there's no cape. Do you think the cape was necessary in this, or would it look more badass without the cape? Or is the cape so iconic the movie had to have it? I think it just looks cooler. Yeah, it just yeah. looks cooler with the cape. Yeah, yeah I like my Superman with a cape. Yeah, like I love it in the comics without it. Just looks so cool and so different. It's but I cool, agree, like the, yeah. the cape was necessary. Yeah, and and also just seeing like the black cape is cool. It, it really awesome. was. Uh, so I still hate Flash's suit. Speaking of fashion, yeah, I've uh, never been crazy about it. I think I, it's, I don't like it. It's all right, it looks janky. I feel like they were like doing that thing with, even with Cyborg, where they're like, "We'll make them look janky at first, and then they'll look cool." But we never get to that part. We just get right. the janky one. Yeah, and, and what about his costume at the end of the movie during uh, the uh, like the nightmare? The I definitely think Flash movie he'll have a that one. that one made more sense under the circumstances. Uh, and I want a figure of it, but, uh, I, you know, I want, and I, look, I understand they're not going to put, if, if the flashpoint movie ever actually happens, which I have my doubts about whether or not it. it will, uh, I'm not saying I want to see Ezra Miller in like classic red tights, 
but we need something more streamlined than that clunky piece of shit they put it in. It's like the new 52 one. Well, the current CW suit looks really good. It does. Yeah. 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 Good point. Yeah, it's pretty cool looking. Uh, okay, so out of all of the movie Batmobiles, pers- this is a personal taste thing. This is not a your answer is the ultimate answer and correct. This is just purely your own personal taste. Uh, what is the best live action movie Batmobile? We'll start with Arian. 89. Okay. For me, uh, I'm going to say this one is, is I think the, the best, most reasonable Batmobile. Nicole. 89. Uh, so, I mean, if we're going aesthetics, I'm going 89, but if we're going like most reasonable, reasonable. and like functional, yeah. then- I'm, I'm talking about like, looks like something that a rich billionaire would drive around and kick ass in Then this one. Okay. Still 89. Now my, <laughs> my, my personal favorite go-to Batmobile, much like Keaton is the 89 Batmobile. But if I'm really looking at like what I think Batman would drive this is the one. I agree. Yeah, because I mean, this this is this makes the most sense. And I mean, I'm, I'm going to change my answer to the Nolan Batmobile to annoy you. And it, well, uh, I can't disagree with that though, because the tumbler makes sense too. The 89 is ridiculous. The like, 89 is the, the best one, hands it's, down. It's it. I love it, and it's my favorite aesthetically. But it doesn't make any sense at all. But, like, well, no, but like. That movie wasn't really about making a lot. No, it was. It wasn't, and that's one of the reasons I love it. Schweck, what about you? Favorite Batmobile in the movies, or, or uh, most most reasonable Batman vehicle? Uh, reason I will say the two seconds we got in this movie of the Bat Tank when it showed up for a second. Yes, right. I got real excited. Yeah. Um, I'm personally really looking forward to the Batman version. This yeah, it's like, yeah, good. That's oh, yeah. seventy. We're, well, we're gonna we're gonna disqualify that from voting since we have not actually seen it in movie action yet. Although I'm with you, that one looks like it has the potential to be the best. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think '89 is the most iconic. It is the most iconic, I think. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And Bob, a couple years said, ago, a couple years ago, I did a I did a show uh, selling my art and. One of the draws was there was a guy, he had every Batmobile for photo op. So like before the show started, I got to go over the, I got to see all like the movie Batmobiles in person. Oh my gosh. And the Whoa. 89 one really is just, so he had the 89 one. He had the Tumblr. He had the Bat Pod. He had the Batman versus Superman version. He had the Batman forever version and he had the 66 version. Is the forever one the one with the blue gills? Yes. I like that one too. And yeah. it's, it's cool looking, but it was only made to sell toys. Like it was yeah, so totally. like, unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. And then the I Batman mean, look, Robin one, which he doesn't have, is even worse. And I feel like, look, I've I've got to say this. I love every Batmobile from yeah. the one that looks like a Rolls Royce with a bat stuck to the front of it <laughs> to the preposterous Batman forever one to, to all of them. Like I love me a Batmobile. I don't care. I, I that's part of the fun of any new iteration of Batman is seeing Looking what the Batmobile is going to look like. Yeah, true. And they're all awesome. But Except this one it's, it's has the assault vehicle qualities of the tumbler, which I really love the tumbler. 
but it has the assault vehicle qualities of that, but also the more fantastical qualities that I, I want from a Batman vehicle. You know, the one thing I will say now, I love the Nolan movies, but the Tumblr doesn't read bat. Right. It doesn't at all. It's awesome Nothing about that, says but it bat. does not. It doesn't have a bat head on the front or whatever it is you would need for it to be specifically Batman like. Like it's a badass vehicle it's in every way, sweet. shape and form. And, and if you're looking just realistically, like put yes. them all in a lineup, that would probably just kick all the other ones asses in right. a real like battle. It's weird though because the Snyder one doesn't have anything on it that says like like Batman, but it looks like the Batmobile. Well, no, it's like it so has, but it, everything is bat shaped. It is. You, oh yeah, if you look at it, they're bat. Um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is aesthetically though. There's like the front is like bat wings, and there's like a bat head. Like it's all. It's oh, I didn't even design. I mean, I like the way that well, it looks. But. I've I've got the remote control one sitting five feet away from me nice and i look at it every day and i'm like this is fucking awesome so and that's the problem is you never got a great look at it in the movie it's so like it happens so fast or it's odd angles so you never get that that great look yeah at i mean it it's, really it's never it. just sitting there so you're like oh look at all this paneling and like uh, yeah it's absolutely true and it's it's true of uh you know burton glamorized his Batmobile. You got plenty of looks at that thing from every angle. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. that's another reason why that one is so imprinted into everybody's consciousness is he he knew what he had. He knew he had something special to put on film. Uh, let's see here. What do we got? Uh, okay. So in the Whedon cut, they brought Danny Elfman on for the score. This one was all junky XL, uh, using some of Hans Zimmer's themes from Superman using, uh, well, he did the wonder woman theme. Uh, but in Whedon's version, they brought Danny Elfman in to do all of the music. And he also brought in John Williams, Superman theme, which in the context of that movie, that was lighter airier. Um, and very, very different. It didn't. One thing you can say about Zack Snyder is he has a very specific vision and he sticks to it. Yeah. He creates his world and his look and everything about his films fits into that. And I think that's an important thing for a creator to have. I would always rather see someone's unfiltered vision. Yes, absolutely. So in, in Whedon's sort of Frankenstein together version that John Williams Superman theme was fun and it worked, uh, it would not have worked in this one. No. At all. The, the problem with the Williams theme and that the original Whedon Justice League though just reminded me I'd rather be watching Donner <laughs> Superman than watching this movie. I, I, I understand <laughs> what you're saying. But having recently watched all four of the Christopher Reeve Superman movies, my nostalgia for those is. Uh, don't, just, don't say anything about the quest for peace. Tempered somewhat. <laughs> let's just say Christopher Reeve, still the greatest Superman of all oh, time. Yeah. But yeah. boy, are those movies not great. They, don't, not they didn't much. age well. No, they did not age well. That's a but very I, good way to put it. But he I do fights a computer. He, he will want? always be Superman for me. <laughs> okay. Shwek, I'll tell you this right now. Watching all four of them, the third one is my, now my favorite. 
like not even like ironically or anything. I think it's the best of all four. It taught a young Ryan how to commit e theft. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so my personal opinion, I, I am going to agree with you, Schweck, that Hans Zimmer's Superman theme for this was better and is great. However, I will say this. I think they should have just gone all out and used Goldfinger's Superman from Tony Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, I agree. And then Superman should have brought out a Kryptonian, Kryptonian skateboard Yes. And totally just done some grinding on Steppenwolf. Uh, yeah, or grinded off part of Dark Side's like stone face. Like, yes. Sparks would have flown out. Here I am. I'm <laughs> a Superman. <laughs> or, or, or hear me out. If I go crazy, then we'll use to. They should have played kidding. all of those songs over the credits. I'm done. <laughs> Uh, this is so the worst idea ever. We, we, I think we've covered a lot of different things about the movie. I kind of want to go around and make sure uh, that we miss anything. Bob, was there anything specific like that you did want to talk about tonight? Because you, you said, I want in on this. Uh, did you have any notes or any one big specific thing that we haven't touched on yet? No, I feel like I, we kind of hit everything. Like, I, I think to me, the biggest thing I said earlier was. I feel that this movie was just good redemption for everyone involved with it. Like even a lot of the actors weren't too thrilled with the version that came out and they kind of dissed themselves from it a little bit. Everyone seems really happy with this. I'm happy that Zack Snyder got redemption. I'm happy that, um, you know, everyone involved. I'm happy that Ray Fisher got a much better role in this movie and really fleshed out his character. I hope the, the issues going on between him and Warner brothers are, are somehow worked out. Yeah, I want more more of the cyborg if that's possible. I do too. So, like, I really hope those issues can get worked out. Um, And like you said, you said right at the top of the show that you like Jared Leto's Joker. I love Jared Leto's Joker. I personally love that scene, and I felt that this was good redemption for Jared Leto in a way because of a lot of the shit he got for what a departure his Joker was in Suicide Squad. Yeah, I feel like this version is a little bit closer to what the Joker in general should be. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he got a little bit of redemption also. So to me, the whole thing is just a, a positive, fun. like redemption of everyone associated with it. I feel the fans got redemption for something that was really bad. Huge disappointment. The first time around, I, I feel like everyone's a winner in this. Schweik, what about you? Uh, I think the only thing we really talk about much was the flash and kind of how, they portrayed him how uh, creepy he was yeah he's a little creepy um, <laughs> you know but we got the iris stuff put back in um, i like how they're showing super speed we've gotten a lot of that over the past couple of years in different movies and i thought they did a good job making it just different enough to be standout this um, was the first time i felt <clears throat> like his flash wasn't completely overshadowed by what marvel has done with quicksilver mm-hmm. it seemed different enough and interesting enough to where I didn't feel like, wow, Quicksilver really is a better character. Like he, he felt cool in this one. Yeah. And that lightning is dangerous. I kept watching it and I was like, he's hurting (laughs) some people here. I love that they kept in that one scene though, where 
after Superman returns and they're all kind of around them and the flash runs past them. The look of fear on his face. That is such a great, like, like comedic moment that I'm so glad it's stuck in the movie. When well, the look of fear like Superman's like, yeah, Superman. Yeah. Was, that whole, that whole you. thing. Yeah. That's the best part. I yeah. That's that good scene. stuff too. Yeah. Well, and it's telling that some of our favorite scenes from the Whedon version are still here. So yeah. Snyder created some of the best scenes from the movie in the first place. Yeah. I, I, I have to admit one thing real quick. One thing that I did like in the Wheaton version that I kind of missed in this one a little bit had nothing to do with the movie at all, but it was one of the after credit scenes when Superman and, and um, Flash race. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I just I, I love that. It was a great throwback to the comics. From a cover. And I love that. I'm kind of sorry that obviously isn't it here, was, but it doesn't fit. It wouldn't have fit. Right, right. It's a fantastic scene. Yeah. But it would for for again for Snyder's vision for the world and the characters that Snyder has put together here, the epilogue that we got was much more satisfying and better than the race scene, as wonderful as the race scene was. And Snyder's come out and said that scene is all we and yeah. has said basically the same thing that it doesn't fit with what he was doing. No, and, and it doesn't, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh Ryan Cadaver. Um, so uh, one, another thing we didn't talk about is how much uh, there's not like a ton added, but I still really would love to see more of this Alfred. I like him a lot. He seems very capable. He yeah. seems very put together. He seems like really like kind of cool. Uh, there's been a lot of great Alfreds, so I'm not taking away from any of the other ones, but he's just, I don't know. I, I'd like to see more of uh, Jeremy Irons, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. I, I love heard. I love when he brings like the league in. He's like, "This is Alfred. I work for him." I thought that got me. So, yeah, so yeah, hard. yeah, that was good. I really like the tea scene. Yeah, this the yeah. scene where Tell he's Wonder Woman yes. how to make the tea. Yeah, that was a great scene. Um, I mean, my overall thoughts is that you know, like I said earlier, I mean, I would just always rather see somebody's unfiltered vision, even if it's worse. Like I, it's just more interesting. And uh, I agree. A no- uh, uh, an un undiluted creative vision is always more interesting than something that's been interfered with by the studio. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I was excited to see this. I'm excited for the fans. I'm excited for Zack Snyder. I'm excited for Ray Fisher. Um, And I just think like, you know, like Bob was saying, it's just a good, it's positive. It's a positive thing for comic book fans. And there there shouldn't be any sour grapes about this. It's like, if you don't want to see it, you don't have to see it. But like, it's cool that the fans actually had their voice heard. And it's, uh, I think I heard Kevin Smith say this. So I'm not going to take credit, but it's, it's fan service, but in a totally new way. Cause it's yeah. not just like, here's all your stuff that we're trying to make you pop for. It's like fan service is in like, people are like, we connect to this vision of these characters and we got to see more of it. And what just, a great week too. We had that. And then the Falcon and Winter Soldier come out. It's right. Really like an awesome yeah. week. Nicole? Um, I, I mean, we discussed it, but I think the most satisfying thing to me was having a villain that made sense and was fleshed out because, uh, you know, it was like in in the previous version, it was just like random bad guy. You know, it was just like, we need something to fight against. So here it is. But, you know, and especially somebody who hasn't, you know, like, I mean, I know a lot more about comics than like somebody who's like normal, but I um, haven't had the, the pedigree in 
actual comics that that you guys have. So, uh, I, you know, I get a lot of information just from living with him. I was just um, screaming stuff like, Granny goodness! And no, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Is that a cookie? <laughs> you know, it, it. he, I didn't have to know Steppenwolf's backstory from reading 20 years worth of comics. Like, they made it actually make fucking sense. Um, and, and they, they made it like, it was just much more of a compelling story that there was a bad guy that had some depth and some reason for being there other than just, we need to fight someone. And this is the one that we picked and he's one dimensional and we're going to fight him and win and it'll be fine. Um, I, I, you know, I think that a lot of like a lot of comic book movies that, have gone awry for me have gone awry because they had a shitty villain or they didn't yeah. use the villain in a good way. So like fixing that in this cut made it so much better for me. Like, you know, giving us dark side and giving us a reason why Steppenwolf is doing this. It was just, a, it completely changed it and made it so much better for me. I got to agree with that hundred percent. If you don't, I want to add to that too. Like, if you look at like all the movies from this, like this DC universe, they try to building just the ones within this universe. Every movie has suffered from such a terrible villain. Yeah. They've never yeah. had like imposing villains, like as great as the first wonder woman is the villain is terrible. The, the, the fight at the end is just not exciting at all. It's like so anticlimactic. The last wonder Woman movie, we're not even going to talk about how bad that villain was. No. Um, Batman, Superman, they, absolutely destroyed what doomsday and lex luther were supposed to be um suicide squad cool movie the villain was just almost non-existent it didn't even matter i so love like suicide the, squad except for the villain it was horrible these these this dc universe has never had a good villain in their movies well i that don't you i don't agree with that because i think god yeah. was fantastic yeah. but the problem is we all know zod too well so it wasn't exciting. Exactly. Yeah. So there was there was no like threat. It, and Zod didn't feel like he was good, but he didn't yeah, feel as menacing good. or as threatening as he should be either in that movie. And I think that was just because we're so familiar with Zod and his story. Yeah. You're probably right. That it just didn't. Because I mean. Uh, it paralleled Superman 2 quite a bit actually. Uh, right. Right. Too much. Almost too much. Yeah. Uh, but at least this one gave us. Steppenwolf, who was a legit threat. And, well, and then and we what was so dark great side. Yeah. This one, Steppenwolf, really did feel like a monster threat, but then also had this, this dark side hanging over him as well that well, made the stakes even higher. It's well, like he is the significant threat because this hugely intimidating... Other, right. Rhett is looming behind him. So he's so intimidated by dark side that he is going to come here and be a real threat to us because this, of this that. monster. Who's beating the shit out of everybody. He encounters is scared of okay. this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they even show that when dark side appears on that slab or whatever. You yeah. Want to yeah. Call yeah. It. He immediately like removes kneels. all his armor and all kneels his armor down. Comes off, he kneels. Oh, it's and awesome. he's like obedient. Awesome. Immediately. Scene. So yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, that scene's actually playing right now. Like yeah, we're that, watching. That's, that's cool. where I'm at too. I've got it playing right now. It's well, dark well, side. It's up on the thing. Yeah, that's exactly wild. where we're at. 
Oh my gosh. That's great. Like they oddly, like they oddly in that scene, like they oddly humanized Steppenwolf. And also we discovered that that's not his hat. That's his head. That's shaped <laughs> like that. Yes. Um, I, was anyone else just staring at Steppenwolf's armor? Cause it keeps like little pieces. It's of her. Awesome. How cool is that? Yeah, really? No, like, that was one stuff. of my notes was like, they actually made Steppenwolf look cooler his, his like, like more character reactive armor like it yeah. was it, it I, was, I remember like the cg for steppenwolf in the first one like the the whedon version not being overly not super no it's laughably bad it's like playstation yeah. one bad yeah yeah that's that's almost accurate yeah like i'm not on a computer i know a lot of you guys are on computers google steppenwolf right now and look at like look at a picture of the Wheaton version right now, after this one's fresh in your mind, it's laughable. It's, it's crazy. legitimately laughable. It's crazy the difference. Um, the only the only other note that I had was that the, that final scene where Flash has to break the speed of light was just the most comic book fucking thing ever, and it was awesome. Like, it's funny that you know Zack Snyder. Whatever you think about Zack Snyder. His films are epic and imaginative, and he he reaches for the biggest things that he can. And I feel like that scene, because my gosh, did they build that up? Cyborg is there; he's he's ready to inter- interface with the mother box, and they've like the way that he builds the intensity of that final scene. And then that one parademon fucking shoots flash. And you're like, like I, I, I was just like, fuck. Yeah. Like, like, I, I was like, holy shit. They blew it. Right. Right. You don't know what's going to happen. He had built this tension and the stakes were so high. And because we had seen this before, we thought we knew what was going to happen and it didn't, it changed direction. And then we went into crazy fucking comic book world where flash has to travel in time, which the movie has already set up at this point Mm -hmm. because he's talked about how that works. Like there were so many, the exposition in this one was so good. He earned Snyder earned so many of the things that the other version didn't because he established the characters. He established the powers. Oh, he like, established the situations and the context. The, the The point of all that is that like the story he wanted to tell had time to breathe and do its thing. But yes. And like the one thing where I'm still going to disagree with you and Ryan is Yes, I want to see people's like unfiltered vision, but like at a certain point in time, like you have to fucking give in to reality. And if you're trying to tell four hours worth of story, you do not do it in one movie. You just fucking don't. Like, well, not if you want to release it in theaters. No, I I agree with that. There's no time. Yeah, there's no disputing that. Nobody. I don't think anybody's disagreeing with that. I'm saying there doesn't need to be interference with the way that he wants to do things. I don't think anybody's disputing that four hours is too long to sit in a movie theater, and that's fine. And And I, I I don't think that it would. I don't think it would have been four hours if if no. I don't either. I I don't cut a lot down. I feel like. Well, not only that, I feel like chances are his original vision might've been three. And since he had the opportunity to do this, that's why we got this four hour product. And I'll say this. I wish that he could have in this era 
where we're getting these incredible streaming shows that are six to eight to 10 episodes or whatever, I really wish he would consider following this up in that format. Yeah. Because Zack Snyder, when he's given time, is more successful as a creator. Yeah, actually, Ryan and I were talking after we watched it, and you know, because it was so long and and, and all that, um, I was like, it would be awesome if because it's set up in six chapters. They should have just broken into six parts. Yes, and if they released because it's like six, like forty-five minute or whatever right. chapters. If they released each one of those in like an episodic thing, like that would be a really cool event, you know, like one a week for six weeks. And people weeks would be or, talking or about or it for whatever. six weeks. Like, yeah. yeah. He's, We'd have a whole week to argue the idea of cinema in a way that is like fucking him over from being a successful like a more successful, in my opinion, like creative. I, I think he's in the Nolan camp. Of yeah. we must protect the theaters, which look, I don't disagree with that. I love the theater experience, but uh, I don't. And this is going to sound so shitty from somebody who loves, you know, going to movie theaters. Uh, I don't care if I ever see another Star Wars in the theater again with what they've given us streaming. I agree. I'd rather have the shows than, than exactly. a movie. Well, so, I disagree. You can on tell that. a huge story and, like and this that's and that's episodes is great. So Schweck, why do you and and look, uh, nobody's right or wrong here. It's all personal preference. Schweck, what's your point of view on that? Well, I so it's using Star Wars as an example. The Mandalorian is great, and it needs that format. But when you're back in a theater and you see a star fight on the big screen, I bet you'll change your mind. There's some things that are just better in the theater and have a shared experience. They are. I got to agree with you on that one, Ryan. I hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. And you know what? And I would, I'm going to go in a different direction and I'm going to say, if I never got to see another horror movie in a theater, it would be very disappointing. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and look, I was never saying I want theaters to go away, but I don't feel that a specific I don't feel that we need to curb anything in the world of streaming out yeah, of both fear of hurting yeah. the theatrical experience. Yeah. To, to me, like, especially with WandaVision, like mm-hmm. just having gone through that, like that would have been a shitty movie. Well, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> the thing is, is that like what TV series are good for is so much of what's great about comic books is that it yes. gives you yes. the quieter moments to spend with these characters where like not everything is blowing up all at once <laughs> and you can fucking get to know them and become more invested in them. Yeah. And then when it is the end of the world, you give more of a shit about that. Yeah. Yes. Like, can you imagine in the theater when Superman shows up at the end, how much that would have popped? Like the audience would have lost it. Oh, people would have cheered like a motherfucker for that. Mm-hmm. You know what made me change my tune on that a couple years ago? I was always very like, I want a new movie. I want to see a sequel to this. I want to see more of this. What made me change my tune was Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah. That show, I was so much happier to get that show than just a new like 90 minute Evil Dead movie. That show did so much more than a movie could have ever done and was so much more epic than a 90 minute movie could have ever been. Well, and I guess, I guess really the point is that there are different experiences to be had mm-hmm. because we could get a new evil dead TV show 
with just the the uh, what ghost beaters, whatever they. The, the, yeah, you know, I think it wouldn't even need Ash in it. You could just have the supporting characters because it did such a fantastic job with them. But you could also get, let's say, a sequel to the 2013 Evil Dead. Yes, mm-hmm. that would not necessarily work as a series, but would be a great movie. Like it just depends on what story needs to be told. Well, exactly. I want to, I want to see the combination of, them. and I think we're going to see that with Wandavision. We got Wandavision, we got the character moments, we got all that stuff. And then we're going to get to Doctor Strange 2 and see well, right. the spectacle in the theater. Right. And that's what the MCU is doing. You know, what mm-hmm. when when they first talked about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think we all somewhat naively expected yeah. to have a real intertwining of the MCU and the CBS television show. And that's not what happened. But now with Disney Plus, that's exactly what's happening. We're getting that complete integration of the home episodic storytelling with the big budget blockbuster storytelling and that's i mean that's where we're at now that's exactly and and it's going to go in like weird unexpected directions like if like a jimmy woo show maybe for sure yeah i I love the idea of that i i want to see jimmy and uh uh what's her name kat dennings and uh yeah i want i and uh well wait okay is it monica or maria monica Monica, Monica, Monica kind of could get her own show. Even I don't know that she needs to be with. Well, Jimmy. she's gonna she's gonna show up in movies and stuff so for sure, for sure. Give her because I mean her man that scene. I wish we could have done a Wandavision episode, but it just wasn't there wasn't time in the schedule. But man, that scene where she got her powers and like kind of figured out what they could do. Yeah. Woo! All right, but we're I not. I think she's about supposed that. to be a, a big part of um, um, Captain Marvel too. Yeah, there you go, Captain Marvel. So I think she's supposed to be a big part of that. Well, and so, I'll be interested to see if Warner Brothers tries it. They've got that Green Lantern show coming. Right, and, and right. They could set it up like that. And, and well, and and with this being exclusive to HBO Max, I have to feel that you know Warner Brothers is all about watching that Disney template. Yep. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But we got to wrap this thing up. Uh I'm glad that we we had the time and that we took the time to talk about this because I think this was a great conversation. Uh, in closing, I will say that I thought this was awesome, but I am, and I, I don't know if I've ever just outright said this, uh, I, I'm a fan of Zack Snyder from the Dawn of the Dead remake mm-hmm. to 300, uh, even to Sucker Punch, even though the parts... Watchmen, even yeah. though there are parts of Sucker Punch that I hated, even though there are things about Watchmen <laughs> that about to explode. <laughs> didn't work for me. Uh, just, just Watchmen in particular should have always been like a fucking TV series. I, I yeah. like Zack Snyder. I, like him. I, I admire his courage yeah. as a creator and his vision. Um, So this to me was was like bob said it was almost cathartic to see like this is what this dude was working towards all those years like Mm -hmm. this is the thing he wanted to get out there uh i like it i'm watching it again right now and i'm gonna at some point i'll you know i will watch it again like this is we had a positive episode about whedon's cut but that to me is dead because now I've seen what it was supposed to be. And I could never go back 
to yeah. what Whedon did. And, well, okay, I say to what Whedon did, that's not fair. Uh, as as friend, Warner Brothers did. As friend of the yeah. show, Chad Shonk pointed out, it's what Warner Brothers did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and now we've got the real deal, and I like it, and I'm going to buy the fucking figures, and I hope they make a Desaad and a Granny Goodness. And McFarlane's going crazy with figures right now, so I feel like we're probably going to get like everybody that's in this movie. I hope so. I want the whole Nightmare fucking team. I want Martha. Yeah. With glowing, I want Martha with glowing red eyes. Martha Red uh, yes. Manhunter. I want Martha Manhunter. Manhunter. <laughs> um, so I'm 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 very happy with this. I feel I, I it's just it's cool. It's cool. Um Schweck, where where are you with this? How how did you come away from it? I I was fully prepared to hate it. Um as was I. I you know, you don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't like Batman versus Superman. I don't love Man of Steel and I ended up really liking it. You know, I thought it had some really interesting parts and, you know, like we've said, I'd, I'd like to see this story continue, even if it involves Bat Baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not so sure about that. You baby. know, the, there is a scene with Lois Lane where there's a pregnancy test. Well, in yeah, the last sure. scene, yeah. in the last Confirmed. scene, she's carrying a uh, bassinet. When yeah. you see they rebuy the phone. Oh, that's right. Snyder confirmed that, that, that she is pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. And even Bruce Wayne even says, "Oh, by the way, congratulations!" It's like real quiet. It's oh, really? That yeah, yeah. It does. And back, I didn't think that. I thought it was very, very uh, end when 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 he walks yeah. into the house, he says, "Real." He's like, "Oh, by the way, congratulations!" It's because of that. Interesting. So, Bob, uh, final thoughts on this? Final thoughts on the the Snyder verse, as it were? Uh, as I said earlier, I hated the original one. Thought it was a ma- massive disappointment. In every way, shape, and form, this movie lived up to my expectations. Loved it. Very sorry we're not going to get more of it because I want to see more of this universe so badly now. Well, like I said, uh, money talks. Yeah. As the great Angus Young once said, or not Angus Young, Malcolm, uh, ACDC once said, (laughs) money money talks. So I wouldn't wouldn't completely close the door uh, on the possibility of, of something to follow this up. It feels like WB did that today though, unfortunately. Yeah. But WB likes money. And that's true too. So let's hope maybe one, it's gotta be sometime soon because none of these people are getting any younger. Like if you're going to commit them to two more epic movies, it's gotta be like now. Well, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be those two movies because quite frankly, once those, those scripts have, have leaked and, and also as we've already seen, I feel like what we have watched is probably a little different from what yeah. uh, Snyder would have released in 2017. For sure. Yeah. So now, who knows what direction he might want to go in? Uh, True. Ryan, Ryan Cadaver, where where are you at with all of this? Um, I mean, I think Affleck is my favorite Batman. Cavill's my favorite Superman. I fucking, you know, I love those actors. I love, you know, I love Gal Gadot. Like, I love the cast. So, like, Zack Snyder aside, even if Zack Snyder had nothing to do with it, if they did a show with these characters, I'm fucking down. Um, I want to see more of these characters. I want to see more of these actors. Uh, I think that they're really good and uh, need a little more time to shine. And I think a show would be the best possible thing for anyone. Like, I think that would be great. But, you know, who knows what will happen. I'm glad we got this. I'm glad, you know, Snyder got to actually put out his movie. Whether or not anything else happens, you know, we'll see. But uh, I, I liked it. I'm happy with it. It's not perfect. Um, but, you know, I do like it better than the original cut. Nicole, what about you? 
Um, I think kind of on the, on the same vein as what you said, Dave, like this really highlighted to me what we didn't get in the last version. Um, and it's everything that I wanted and everything I didn't know that I wanted and more. Um, I, I thought it was, I thought it was great. I mean, it made me give so much more of a shit about all of the characters, our heroes, our villains, everybody. Um, it's just so much of a better story and a more interesting story and a more cohesive story. And, uh, and it was so big. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I very much am. I enjoyed it. Um, really glad that we sat down and Ryan beat me into submission and made me watch. <laughs> I was like, look at um, Steppenwolf's head crabs. Look at them. Oh, that was horrifying. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Ooh. No, it, I, I am a fan. Um, I'm a, I, this is the stupidest thing. Sorry, I'm tired. <laughs> no, we're, we're all tired. It's very late Monday night. Some of us started brand new jobs today. Congratulations. Thank you. It's been uh, a month in the cadaver household. Who have we got? Arian, we haven't heard. Arian, are you the only one we haven't heard from yet? Yeah, you. you Why said, did I end with you? Yeah, well, I know. I, here I was we questioning. Go. I'm going just, again. Your direction. This is bad hosting. Uh, no, like I'll I'll go ahead and say uh, uh, this is the most coherent movie Zack Snyder has ever made. Uh, it it oh. replaces Man of Steel. Is I'm not going to say my favorite, but like my least hated Zack Snyder <laughs> movie. Uh, That's a ringing endorsement. We'll take yeah, it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I do not enjoy like the, his visual style of things, uh, his various filmmaking techniques. Uh, he uses way too much slow-mo. It annoys me. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I wish that he would have like, I, I wish that he would figure out how to like compromise to get his vision out there better. Because like the story is interesting. Like the and it would it just sucks that like it had to like go this weird circuitous route to getting it out there to have people see it. Like it's like the the DC like comics were never my favorite comics as a kid growing up. The characters were never my favorite characters. Uh, I famously do not like Superman. Uh, and I, I know I'm definitely in the minority of, amongst everyone here in that. Uh, but it's like the stories he the stories he's trying to tell are interesting and worth paying attention to, even if like I don't enjoy like some of the ways he goes about doing it it just it stinks to me that like he's as of now not going to have a chance to do it regardless of my particular opinion of him or not because he can't figure out how to make a movie that makes narrative sense in less than three hours like here's here's what i would say about snyder's style um and i i i love he is a very visual director and I really enjoy that about him. Um, 
I wish that he he doesn't necessarily have to make everything so grim and so heavy. Yeah. Answer, well, like what, one of my notes to that is not throwing in a bunch of yuck yucks. Yeah. One one of my notes was I really wish there could be some sort of like superhero show or like movie universe that was somewhere between like the Snyder Grim Dark shit and like the Marvel yuck yuck stuff. Even though like as See, time like has that's... gone on. Like that's a little Marvel. too broad a take because the Marvel, like Marvel gets really, really heavy. And I think people give it a short shrift for being lighter than the DC stuff. Yeah. Because well, there are moments in the Marvel cinematic universe that if, if you don't shed a tear, you're not a human. Well, here's, and here's the thing, like for me anyway, it didn't really get to that point until it was no longer like Whedon in charge of the Avengers. Like when you switch, when you flipped over to the Russo brothers, like, and that was a long time ago. Yeah. That was like 2015 ish. I want to say when winter soldier came out, but, uh, I mean, it's hashtag it's only six years, but like, it seems obviously given the events of the past year way longer, but yeah, the last year lasted at least 10 years. But yeah. we got to wrap it up. Um, I want to thank everybody for sitting down, for talking about the Snyder Cut. Uh, I think we've had a really good conversation, and we've hashed out really what what this means to pop culture in, in a certain way. Uh, but, of course, we have to put over whatever he's up, what everybody is up to and where we can find you online. And we're going to start... With the glow-in-the-dark world champion, Mr. Bob Burke, what have you got going on? Where can we find you online? Gearing up for a season of shows coming up. You can find me on Instagram at Bob Burke Art, Facebook at Bob Burke Art. You can see all my new stuff there, get dates for events and uh, anything you want. I do custom work. I'll help hook you up with that. And uh, I am the source for all things at Glow. If you have an idea for glow-in-the-dark artwork, if you would like glow-in-the-dark artwork of Cyborg from Justice League with, like, a glowing eye and glowing chest. And a this nice, big, hand. glowing ass. I'll yeah, do big, that. glowing cyborg ass. This is the guy to go to. Hit him up. <laughs> Ryan Schweck, I believe you've got another podcast you do on the reg. I do. You can find me on the Needless Things Family podcast, uh, XQ <laughs> Chapter 66. Uh, we do reviews the star Wars books, and it is your source for all information on Plukum. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes. Plukum rules. <laughs> Hashtag Plukum universe. Yeah. Cadavers. I want you to put over the cadaver candle company with the level of excitement that sense of such wonder and magic deserve. I don't want to hear uh, cadaver candle company, cadaver candle company.com. I want you guys to put that product over because it's awesome. Make me smell it. Yes. Uh, if you what smell the- what the cadavers are cooking. <laughs> why did you cadavers? Why did you say that name? I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, cadaver candle company. We're making a It smells good. We smell good. I don't know. Uh, yeah, cadaver candle company. We have awesome candles. Uh, we're going to have some new scents out pretty soon. 
uh, where you've been brainstorming and uh, we got some pretty sweet ideas cooking. So we always slow down after Christmas. We always kind of take a little lull and then we'll pick back up. Yeah, uh, we had kind of an after Christmas slowdown and then a because uh, we were big, slammed at Christmas, a big job shift uh, and stuff like that. So now we're going to be getting back at it, going to be coming up with some new scents. Um, also a good sign for my new job. I just started it. And within two seconds, some guys like, Hey, so what do you think of the Snyder cut? Never met this dude ever. Nice. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I thought it was pretty good. And he's like, so did I. And then I was like, ah, oh, this is cool. All right. <laughs> that is I'll good. Fit I'll fit in here. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's can, great. Hey, can we make a glow in the dark candle? Can we make that happen? Yeah, that. Oh my gosh! Be, I think so. I think we. Uh, yeah, especially yeah. with the. Well, we'll talk. I'm gonna message you. We, oh we, my we gosh! I want to happen. I want a Glowmania candle so bad. That would be awesome. It's an <laughs> epic crossover. Yeah. Yes. I'm all about crossovers. And then of course cool. there's Gabber so, yeah. Candle Co. Uh, on Instagram and uh, Battle Cougar for pictures of Newt because she's cute. And, and hashtag popular kitten. And <laughs> the incredible horror rock stylings of the casket creatures yes soon to be back in live action yeah we're doing a show for my birthday a little little small gig at dixie tavern so should be pretty fun with our buddies in elzig and oh also my movie we just filmed the last big scene so we have a couple little things for the uh the snyder cut of our new movie but <laughs> but uh but yeah our new movie uh we just fi- finished our last big scene so we'll have news and an announcement and the name of it and all that stuff out pretty soon awesome and finally w- once again i'm ending with arian yeah i don't do anything that's the that's the whole thing yeah. you take pictures of your little potato dog and put them on instagram yeah if you, if you want to see pictures of like uh like stupid animals and uh and or like food that diabetes diabetics have to eat uh follow <laughs> at such a Instagram or don't really frankly don't <laughs> unless you're guys hot. that was our conversation about the snyder cut uh it was an awesome time and thank you all for doing it yay thank you what did you say that name <laughs> Martha <laughs> Are, are we going to record a four-hour episode next? Yeah, we're gonna. We're well. We're gonna do the needless cut. <laughs> yeah. Well, the needless cut will come out four years from now. Hell yeah! <laughs> Veritably the need the needliest of cuts. Needless. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to play the Joker and just do an incredibly depressing <laughs> monologue. At the yes, end of it. you will do. You'll get like an eighteen-minute monologue. Um, that goes nowhere. Like, I just really want to starts do off like really cool. Like, wow, this is happening. And then by the end, you're like, oof, boy, maybe, maybe this was a little much. This is still <laughs> a little, it's a little wanky. <laughs> Thanks a lot. You guys. Thank you, Dave. Bye. Bye. So in an unusual circumstance, I have recorded not next week's episode, because next week is an all-new installment of Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. But the week after that, I've just recorded the meat of that episode, as it were, and had an absolutely awesome conversation about toys, food, and wrestling. Uh, and if you know Needless Things, you know that's the good stuff. So please tune in to that episode when it drops. Um... And now I am finishing up this episode. 
which I hope you enjoyed. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it even more than I enjoyed the Snyder Cut because I genuinely did enjoy the Snyder Cut, uh, not just because I thought it was... I Like I said, I'm a fan of Zack Snyder's, so I like the way he does things. I like his visuals. I like his style. Uh, it's not perfect, but I enjoy it. But... I, part of what entertained me so much about this was knowing that he got to see his vision through and that's something that I think doesn't always happen in Hollywood that maybe rarely happens in Hollywood so that's that's part of it as well is knowing that this guy who has regardless of what you think of him he loves film he loves this medium uh, and, and he got to do his thing and I think that's really cool uh, so hopefully you enjoyed this episode even more than I enjoyed the Snyder Cut. Hopefully you will tell your friends about Needless Things and visit the Needless Things YouTube channel, which is my, uh, I'm not going to say my favorite new portion because I will always love doing podcasts, but I do love doing the YouTube stuff. You know what else? I love you guys. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh-huh.